Wow. This is... This has been a while since we've had a statement like this. The the full truth. I have not read this yet. I have no idea what we're going to get into. What are we even getting into, you might be asking. Because as far as most of you are concerned, you might be a little bit caught up on this or mostly caught up on this. But then there might be fun some people who are actually not fully aware of what's going on. So the TLDR is that Smash World Tour, Smash Circuit, World Tour, you get it, shut down their finals. And the reason why they did was because their communication with Nintendo, although consistently positive, turned very sour at the last minute. Within two weeks of needing to run this event, two weeks of the event happening, the finals, culmination of a year plus of effort, events, all of that jazz, Nintendo says, we're not going to let people run tournaments unlicensed anymore. We're not issuing you a license. We're also not telling you to shut down. This this whole back and forth thing. And after Smash World Tour puts out their big statement, Nintendo pushes back, Panda pushes back, and we've landed in the Smash World Tour pretty much telling the truth. And Alan, the now former CEO of Panda, was going behind the scenes and telling all the big relevant TOs in the Smash community, you will get shut down if you don't join our Panda circuit. I will tell Nintendo that kind of thing. This has been corroborated by multiple people's individuals, TOs who have come out on Twitter and just straight up said, yep, that is consistent with my experience with dealing with Panda and Alan and all the Panda people coming up coming out, all the Panda and the contracted workers or actual signed players saying, we didn't know this was going on. We don't approve of this. We are out. That includes people like IBDW and Kony, very big personalities, players, and then all the way down to contracted workers. And my understanding is that turned out for Walt. I was technically under the contracted worker category, but was very much uh, participated with the PG Stats YouTube channel and was a big Panda person. So this was a surprise to all of them and they said we're out. And so that's what we're that's what we're looking at. Oh, and I guess I should say the Panda Cup finale, it's been postponed. My reading between the lines canceled. I don't know if that's actually true or not, but postponed. No future date given. And when it's supposed to be the finale of a calendar year of 2022, then what do you think? <laughs> Are we going to see the Panda Cup finale for 2022 in March of 2023? Who knows? I don't know. I should say. I don't know. It's neither here nor there. I have Flashburn in chat. And Flashburn, you and I you and I are at a difficult spot. I don't really know a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff other than what's come out. You're a little bit closer because you were supposed to be on the team that were you were going to be part of the team that streamed this Panda Cup finale and were familiar with a few details, but I understand for you, Flashburn, you're not able to say a whole lot about specific details. Everything that I'm about to read is from Alan's statement that he dropped literally 10 minutes ago, less than 10 minutes ago, and I'm here to react to it. That's what we're here for tonight.
it has been quite an interesting week, and now it culminates with the latest story that is Alan's story. So let's go ahead and transition the screen. I'm not as good at this as you are, Flashburn, but we're just going to go to the next page. Shasha. Is this readable? This would be a good time to make sure that it's readable because I don't actually know for a fact whether or not, because on my screen, it, it looks pretty readable, but hopefully the people at home, all the viewers, all y'all can see this clearly as well. Maybe I could zoom in slightly, actually. There we go. I think that, I think that helps. And what I'm seeing on the screen is it's better looking now. All right. So what to say before we get into this official statement? That it's going to be me trying to read this as close as possible. Then I'll say something like pause or unquote, deliver my reaction, and then keep going. This is going to be a long stream because apparently it's a 32-minute read and we're reacting to screenshots as well, so it's not just purely words. There's also screenshots which say words, and I have to try to make this as understandable as possible because this is also going to be a podcast as well, not just a video. So it's going to be tricky. But we're here to do our best. I guess I should say, since it's a 32-minute read... Let's let's just start off at the top. That's that's good. I'm 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 looking to I'm looking to give Alan credit for putting out something other than the first official response that he put out, which was a two bullet tweet. <laughs> the two bullet tweet saying that Smash World Tour lied and BTS is dangerous for the Smash community, a danger to the Smash community, something to that effect. You get it. So let's get into this. <clears throat> My statement, by the way, to be clear, until I say pause or unquote, you're going to hear a more official reading voice to try to indicate to you that I'm reading the words of Dr. Allen. I am no longer CEO of Panda. I will no longer be a part of the Smash community. I do not wish to return. The community deserves the truth, and I'm not afraid to call out the names I have to. The private information of myself and members of Panda have been leaked online. This has gone too far. If there is anyone who is interested in purchasing my shares of Panda, please reach out to the company. Divesting is a complex process that takes time. For a quick summary of the actual truth, here is a message after notes I took during a conversation with the TO on April 14th, 2022, censored to protect identities. So in the first three paragraphs, unquote, so for the first three paragraphs, there's already a lot to unwrap. Whew. There is a clear intentional purpose for Alan to make this the last hurrah. I don't think that there's going to be a lot of statements at, in any capacity given after this one. This is the drop it like it's hot and leave. That's my initial reaction. Also, and this addresses something that a lot of people have been pointing out to the world. Hey, 
just because you're no longer the CEO doesn't mean your shares are automatically like given off to somebody else because you're selling them to somebody else. You're still behind the scenes collecting whatever profit sales you get it. Someone who owns a company is making money because the company is producing revenue that they then take a portion of. So that crucial statement, anyone who's interested in purchasing shares of Panda, please reach out to the company. That is a clear intention to support his previous sentiment of, I will no longer be a part of the Smash community. I do not wish to return. So that is, as of right now, to my, to my reaction, uh, relief. That's a good thing because I think everybody has been pretty clear on the Twitterverse and otherwise around Smash that they don't feel any sort of positivity about Alan continuing to be involved with things. There was a concern that he would even be, I don't want to say pulling the strings behind the curtain sort of a deal, but if Panda is going to continue to be part of the scene, which they have made that clear, they want to be a part of the scene still. They want to do stuff. They want to do stuff like continuing to run the Panda Cup, which is good luck with that. So let's go ahead and go back to the statement. <clears throat> this is a message from Alan Bunny to whom? I'm trying to figure out if this is a message from Alan or, and he's quoting other people. Okay. Well, let's go ahead. Oh, I see. This is an entry into some kind of like a note app thing. Okay. So this is Alan's own words, quoting the people that he was interacting with. Per redacted Gimmer and Ken hate you, man. Tell me something for real. Bracket, this is apparently what stopped him from signing earlier. Bracket, Ken said that you said you'd kill everyone who doesn't work with you. Is that true? Yeah, so turns out Ken is spreading shit. Per Ken, redacted. I don't like Alan, but if they're really offering all of this, then even I'd take it. Per Gimmer, how long have we been working together, Redacted? Eight years? And you're really going to do this to us? It was to the point that Redacted even asked Redacted, how do you really feel about Panda? Do you have any hesitations? To which Redacted said he has none. So I was able to assuage his fears and explain that no, I am not and have not threatened to kill events. I also told him... I'm not threatened by Smash World Tour and have no reason to want to kill them, explained that Nintendo can't license events on an unlicensed circuit being the real reason why our circuit is quote-unquote exclusive. I additionally explained that I've offered many ways to work with BTS and I'd rather work with them, not against them, but they just won't talk to us. So, yes, Redacted does believe us because the shit Ken was telling him is counter to everything we've ever done as a company and who we are as people. But that explains a bit of why he was holding back. He also mentioned that Ken slash BTS feels very threatened by us and so does SWT, Smash World Tour. I have no thoughts on what to do 
and I really don't care very much. It's clear that Ken is trying to actively undermine us, but considering that everyone is willing to work with or talk to us so far outside of Redacted, I don't think he's been very successful. Well, I don't know how to react to all of that, because again, I'm still trying to figure out who, who's, who's the narrator. Is Alan the narrator? Because that's what it seems like. I'm not very good at reading statements. Let's go to the actual statements here to see this part here. This, this, this is making sense because Alan is writing from himself. He's the narrator here. So, <clears throat> the events and claims that I will be making are true. Some have evidence, some do not, as most of this is verbal conversations. In those cases, I do my best to recall details from memory and find corroborating evidence from internal chat logs with timestamps. I encourage you to read everything as presented as to be better informed to the circumstances surrounding the Smash community currently. I ask you to read the full statement before coming to any conclusions and do not, under any circumstances, use information here to harass any persons. The statement will be broken down as follows. Intro, Smash World Tour slash VGBC, Beyond the Summit, TO strong arming in the first three weeks, Nintendo, and Conclusion. Intro. I'm sorry this took me so long to write. Please consider that Smash World Tour leadership did not release a statement until a week after hearing from Nintendo. These things take time to properly construct. I know people have been waiting to hear from me, but between being blindsided by Smash World Tour's 2022 shutdown, extreme harassment, death threats, and fleeing my own home due to doxing, it's been hard to focus. I would never wish this on anyone as I'm currently writing this after filing a third police report. Unquote, or pause. This covers another sentiment communicated at the very top of the thing that there are people on the Panda team who have been doxxed, including Dr. Allen. Too far, I think that's easy to say for most of us. Hard to say for others, since people have been going out of their way to do this, but... The response to something happening that you perceive as negative is not to do death threats, doxing, and extreme harassment, as Alan says here. Even somebody like Alan, yes, to those of you who have been involved in such things, not the move. I think that's pretty clear. So we move on. <clears throat> To the current and former members of Panda, I'd like to particularly apologize to my team and to Panda as a whole for my initial response. I have no excuses. I froze up. I had panic attacks for the first time in my life and I was paralyzed for the first few days. I let our message go through multiple PR firms instead of crafting it myself. I listened to them telling me not to step down despite my team asking. My hesitation to act, step up, and fight back didn't just hurt me, it hurt you all. I hope you all know how deeply you matter to me, and that I would never want anything like this to happen to anyone I care about. This is the most transparent public statement in my life. Smash World Tour slash VGBC. For those of you who don't know, <clears throat> pause, for those of you who don't know what that means, video game boot camp. BGBC, you get it. 
Some context. Our negotiations with Nintendo started in 2018 and ramped up in 2019. Getting to the Panda Cup was a long process with plenty of late nights and dozens of iterations. Back in October 2019, I called Justin, owner of Super Smash Con, to talk about the Panda Cup negotiations. Justin was one of the first TOs I ever reached out to about negotiations because I respected him. I told him that it seemed like Nintendo was interested in giving Panda a circuit license and that Smash Circuit, sorry, Super Smash Con, SSC, is an incredible event that I think could become the biggest part of it all. It was a pretty benign conversation. Three months later, I heard that VGBC is starting something called the Smash World Tour and discovered Justin was a part of founding it. They never talked to Nintendo about it. Nintendo caught wind before launch and Smash World Tour leadership was explicitly told to wait until they have approval to announce the Smash World Tour in 2020. Justin and VGBC knew this and launched anyway, aware of the consequences. The Smash World Tour was the perfect gambit for VGBC. Information came to us from an anonymous source all the way back in 2020. VGBC was feeling pushed out of the community from losing so much ground to BTS. They wanted to do something of their own. And so they came up with the Smash World Tour gambit. 1. Smash World Tour doesn't get shut down. VGBC gets their own circuit without the years of negotiation with Nintendo. 2. Smash World Tour uses the threat of social media backlash against Nintendo to pressure Nintendo into giving them a license. 3. Smash World Tour gets shut down by Nintendo, and now VGBC is the martyr of the community due to Nintendo. Then the community will rally behind their other events to support them. It's pretty straightforward logic. VGBC wins no matter what. VGBC also knew that Nintendo has never issued a license to any event with the name Smash in it, nor have they ever licensed a circuit before. VGBC knew both of these and launched the Smash World Tour anyways. To recap, Smash World Tour leadership had intimate knowledge that Nintendo was working on an officially licensed circuit with Panda months before launching. They were told to wait for approval but announced anyways, and knowingly did multiple things that has prevented Nintendo from issuing license to events before. Fast forward to 2022, when Smash World Tour leadership said they were having positive talks with Nintendo. I entirely believe they were chatting with Nintendo, and I'm sure that Nintendo's statement saying they evaluated Smash World Tour for a partnership is true. And I'm sure Nintendo used very purposeful language when talking to Smash World Tour leadership that all things are that things are possible because anything is possible until the evaluation is complete. Another note is that Smash World Tour leadership knew roughly how long these sorts of licenses realistically take. Between the time of me speaking to Justin in 2019 to 2021 when Panda's partnership with Nintendo of America was announced, they knew that the process to get an officially licensed circuit would take at least three years. That is how long an exclusively North America circuit took to get off the ground, yet they were surprised when they were told a license for a worldwide circuit wasn't issued. Within a year, it doesn't add up. Screenshot here, by the way. Let's get into the screenshot. 
It was around this time as well in late January when we submitted our license application for 2022 after working with Nintendo to best meet their their specifications. Okay, so that statement that I gave you just now was from Smash World Tour's statement about all of this. So I'll read it again. It was around this time as well in late January when we submitted our license application for 2022 after working with Nintendo to best meet their specifications. Back to Alan's narration. As for the Smash World Tour Championship 2022 event cancellation, I do not know why Smash World Tour leadership decided to shut the event down. I know Nintendo corroborated to me on several occasions the same thing they said in their public statement, that they verbally told Smash World Tour leadership that they would take no action to shut down Smash World Tour Championship 2022. And I know Nintendo was genuinely surprised behind closed doors when they found out that Smash World Tour leadership did to their own event. I have had no doubts in my mind that Nintendo is telling the truth about what they verbally told Smash World Tour leadership. (coughs) Pause. Did we really need Alan to clarify that? Anyway. I've been recently informed that the main hotel in San Antonio listed in the Smash World Tour Discord did not have any pre-existing block or any expectation of large groups this weekend. There was no block canceled. It simply never existed. Here's a big question for you. Why now? Why did they need and apply for a Nintendo license specifically for Smash World Tour Championship 2022? The Smash World Tour leadership team ran quite a few events in 2021, including their championship without a license. BGBC has run several glitch events, Double Down, Apex, and Pound, all in 2022 without a license for any of them. So why does their 250,000 prize pool event without a single sponsor in the middle of cutbacks that ran unlicensed last year need a Nintendo license this year? I know sponsors value a Nintendo license highly, and by getting more sponsors, events become more financially stable. Sustainable, excuse me. Since they were in communication with Nintendo and were verbally told Smash World Tour Championship 2022 could continue, if they were confused with the mixed messages from the email versus verbal conversation, then why didn't they just ask for clarification? Just shoot an email back. Nintendo reps work hard. I guarantee you they'd read and respond to the email over the holiday weekend as they have for others. I promise you that they would have reiterated that while they could not officially approve of the event or issue a license, that they would not take action against it. I'd like to post a statement here, given all this evidence I've linked together. Smash World Tour leadership, Justin and VGBC, absolutely knew from the beginning there was a snowball's chance of getting a license agreement from the moment they launched Smash World Tour in 2020. They were prepared to get shut down. There are far too many inconsistencies for their statement and their total surprise to be accurate, given the knowledge they had beforehand. I do not know if they ever planned to run Smash World Tour Championship 2022. I do not know how they were paying for it or what revenue they expected to make back on it to make the expenses worth it. I am making no claims that they did not intend on running Smash World Tour Championship 2022. I am simply pointing out that their own words and available information for the many, many different inconsistencies behind the curtain. One question for you, Gimmer. Is partnering with Nintendo really that important to you? You sacrificed PM, now your championship event, and you want to keep trying? 
to the public. You were lied to, and your goodwill is being both weaponized and abused. Smash Tour leadership juxtaposed their entire relationship with Nintendo against actions they claim I took. Actions which, by the way, are completely irrelevant to them getting shut down or Nintendo's behavior. How's me telling TOs that Smash Tour will most likely not receive a license agreement prove any sort of action undermining Smash Tour's relationship with Nintendo? How did hundreds of thousands of people make my life a living hell for a week over a false equivalency? Let me say this here for the third time. Both Panda and I, as the former CEO, have done absolutely nothing to harm Smash World Tour in any way, nor sabotage any Smash World Tour business efforts, license efforts, or otherwise, period. From the April 14, 2022 screenshot I shared at the top of this document. So I was able to assuade his fears and explain that I, no that I am not and have not threatened to kill events. I also told him I'm not threatened by a special tour and I have no reason to want to kill them. Explain that Nintendo can't license events on an unlicensed circuit, being the real reason why our circuit is exclusive. I've defended VGBC behind closed doors more times than I can count. I've done entire impromptu presentations to Nintendo about VGBC's importance to the community, their history in the scene, and the good things they've done explaining that they're worth working with. When people told me about the terrible things the VGBC were saying behind my back to bout me throughout the year, I looked at those people and told them I have no will, ill will towards anyone at VGBC or SWT. I considered Justin Gimmer and Apostle equal peers and hoped to work together in the future. I even had been asking Nintendo for months to please consider issuing a license to VGBC. I told a countless number of people that we didn't feel SWT was a competitor to the Panda Cup. SWT had their own product, which was fantastic, I would always add. And we have a completely different one. They're doing their own thing and we're doing ours. And I wish them the best of luck. This became one of my set phrases I repeated meeting after meeting. The exclusivity of the Panda Cup was because Nintendo originally could not license events that were on an unlicensed circuit and that we could only work with licensed events. We were able to get this rule lifted six weeks into the original Panda Cup negotiations, and events on SWT were able to receive a license agreement. Our players asked if it's okay for them to go to SWT events, and we encouraged them to go. Our own player won SWTC 2021. Why would I want it canceled? I even encouraged some events to join SWT because it might help their attendance. I thought SWT was great for the community and did things that the Panda Cup, a North American circuit, couldn't do. Plus the storylines of the SWTC and finale entering the year out back-to-back, -back, burnout aside, that was going to be hype. In terms of having prior knowledge of SWTC 2022's shutdown, we moved our finale to the weekend before Christmas, which is a historically terrible day for travel and events, because SWT took our finale date after we placed a hold for the date on the Smash calendar, we moved for them. If we really went to shut them down, knowing for sure that there would be no SWC 2022, then why would we move to a worse date? It doesn't make sense. This is an email that Alan sent to Redacted. Lots of feedback on this. We would still would like to prioritize pursuing a setup where the Sunday finals are in the theater or arena. Please note that December is currently a mess for dates. Beyond the Summit has changed the date for main stage to the first weekend of December, and now the second weekend of December was a, has the Smash World Tour Championships event. I think we should pursue the third weekend of December. 
another message from Redacted saying, I see. So we were on weeks one and three. BTS asked us to swap one with two, and we get moved to two without confirming. Then SWT charges a book over both weeks one and two, and the end gets two again without us confirming. So we end with three. Another message from Redacted. If someone mentions the finals date, well, considering we booked first and both BTS and VG... BC scheduled over us with no repercussions, perhaps we have a bit of a reason why our date might still be up in the air. Another message. Okay, so we had a Panda Invitational no date given for a long time. BTS asked for December weekend number two for Smash Summit in November when we reached full details of their 2022 roadmap. On December 11, Panda booked weekend three, Panda booked weekend one on January 14. The world tour booked weekends one and two on January 21. We smell trouble and try to get all three parties to de-conflict December. Smash Summit and Main Stage moved their present slots on February 9 to resolve the Miami conflict. SWT goes down to one weekend, weekend two. Redacted was a bit confused as to whether or not you still had two events, but figured it out. I do not know why Main Stage was in on December. Redacted would as he handled that part of it. The question here is probably, why did Mainstage need that weekend? I assume it is a venue issue. Now, in terms of motive, we have known since day one that the biggest risk to the Panda Cup would be if SWT gets shut down. We've known that... We've known if that ever happened... Huh? Sorry, just trying to read this. Pause, pause, pause. Trying to read, trying to read. We've known that if that ever happened... We've known that if that ever happened, then Panda would be caught in the explosion as a bystander simply due to our partnership with Nintendo. Panda Cup has had an incredible momentum this year with five major sponsors in five months, nearly every major NA Smash tournament joining the circuit from the time we launched, and successful metrics all around. With everything going this well for us, then why would I want SWT to be shut down when I knew that it would be biggest risk to us and harm the Panda Cup? Again, it makes no sense. I do not have any theories as to why SWT's leadership team decided to drag me personally in their statement. I do not know why they tried to create a false equivalency to convince the public I had anything to do with their situation. I do not know why they gave me... I do not know why they gave a massive platform to lies, rumors, hearsay, misunderstandings or misconstrued statements about me. I do not know if they think I actually had anything to do with their denial of license, though I sincerely doubt they do, and I do not know why everyone believed them. One thing I do know is the SWT leadership team stood to gain the most out of anyone by tarnishing Panda's reputation and dragging the Panda Cup down. To SWT leadership, Justin Gimmer and Apostle, you and your team have, without a doubt, played a critical ro role in the development and growth of the Smash community over the years. No one can ever take that away from you. But you have caused damage to hundreds of people in or associated with Panda, damage to me, damage to your own people, extreme harassment of my family and friends without any shred of remorse, to parties completely irrelevant to what happened. This is the last thing I have to say to you, likely for the rest of our lives. You do not and will never deserve the position of community dominance that you keep clawing for. I hope it was worth it to you. Pause. 
a lot to unwrap. First reaction is there's a certain line of logic being like certain angles that Alan is shooting for with these, with these statements, the messages, the confusion about what weekend the events are going to be booked for. And I don't want to undermine that particular part of the story, but I always feel like all the TOs that run big events, butt heads on a regular basis as to what event is being booked on what weekend. So that is the, maybe not the most relevant part of the conversation. It's just simply part of how this statement is used to build distrust of the reader's perspective of VGBC, of Smash World Tour leadership team. That'd be Justin Gimmer, Alan, sorry, not Alan, Justin Gimmer and Apostle, excuse me. I'm also curious, denying most of the, most of the allegations from Smash World Tour where they say Alan went to everyone and said the event's going to get shut down. They're not going to get licensed. And part of that is because of a crucial piece of information here near the beginning where it took from 2018 all the way to 2021, the end of 2021. If, it's, if negotiations with Nintendo started in 2018 and went all the way to 2021, three years, where was that three-year bit? Where did that three-year bit go? Aha, okay. Panda's partnership with Nintendo America was announced. They knew that the process to get an officially licensed circuit would take at least three years. See, this is very... Oh, that's crazy. We all knew, based off of the information that's been coming out, is that there has... There's the timeline that the Melee community and the Smash community as a whole expects, and then there's the timeline of the corporate world. Three years just to do North America circuit. That's crazy. I think that a lot of the statements that Alan is saying here about SWT proceeding forward and they expected to get shut down doesn't quite resonate just because, according to the SWT leadership team, their statement is that they we're continuing on business as usual, ignoring the Nintendo side of things and hoping that they wouldn't get shut down. That seems accurate. But when they were reached out to from Nintendo by Nintendo and Nintendo said, Hey, we like what you're doing over there at VGBC smash world tour. That's pretty cool. You should apply for a license. That's when VGBC, the smash world tour leadership team, that's when they actually started trying to get a license and then starting to hear things about, SWT is not an unlicensed is going to remain unlicensed is most likely going to get shut down when they're saying Alan was the reason for that. I feel like these are disagreements with each other. And what Alan's saying here reminds me of, it makes me think of how there's a certain amount of this. Some of those details are true, but SWT is blowing them out of proportion and they 
were under operating under the assumption they would get shut down because there's one comment in here about how there's one comment in here about how there was no venue properly booked in San Antonio for the Smashville tour finals, that kind of thing. So they weren't even thinking that the event would run because they assumed it was going to get shut down. That's an interesting statement, but I don't know if we're going to get to the bottom of that or not, because we all assume Smashville tour will deny that unless they want to show invoice receipts or something. This is probably my favorite part of this section regarding Smashville tour and PGBC. One question for you, Gemmer. Is partnering with Nintendo really that important to you? You sacrificed PM, now your championship event, and you want to keep trying? Ooh, it's true. That is true. We're all trying to support Smashville Tour and VGBC, but crazy. Now we get to more of the statement. We are maybe about a quarter of the way through, so more to react to. Beyond the summit, sidebar, I've been told that someone named LD is claiming I said things. I don't know who LD is, nor do I care. As far as I'm aware, I've never talked to them, never seen them, and never met them in my life. Here is the background of my two whole personal interactions this year with BTS, or more specifically with one of the most unsavory individuals I've ever had the displeasure of interacting with, Ken Chen, a.k.a. Hotbid. In 2022, when we first talked to a few TOs with our packages, the original version 1 design of the Panda Cup backend featured a concept where we would provide unique co-streams of some events, or be the mainstream, depending on the event along with the packages we offered. We, we wanted to start building a channel that can be a destination for purely competitive Smash in the future. Some early TOs said they were in, depending on what BTS said, as they already had an arrangement with them, and I said, no problem. I was confident that I could figure out some sort of a win-win solution that helps BTS and us at the same time. SWT claims that I targeted BTS events that already had deals made, wanting to poach the broadcast rights from BTS. They claimed that I wanted them for free and directly threatened BTS with Nintendo action if they did not comply. So let's talk about that. <clears throat> first of all, it's not a coincidence that most of the first few events I reached out had deals with BTS. They were some of the biggest events of the year. Of course they were streaming on BTS. But I didn't even know who they were with when I first reached out. Here's a screenshot of me asking some of the earliest TOs. Hey guys, did you say you signed a contract with BTS for LTC and Riptide for 2022? Alan, yes I did sign a contract with BTS for Low Tide City 2022 right after you told us there was not going to be a Panda Cup a couple of months ago. And the person who responded back to Alan is referring to the Omicron search delaying the Panda Cup to an intermediate indeterminate excuse me he is referring to the omicron surge delaying the panda cup to an indeterminate start date on to the initial conversation with bts where i met with ken chen 
and in this first meeting, he was joined by one other person. I went into the conversation with Ken loaded with ideas around four or five of different ways we could accomplish our goals while collaborating with BTS. Ranging from making a jointly owned channel where the revenue went to BTS to doing a side stream where we'd give them all the revenue from our channel, we wanted to build a circuit that could be a collaborative alongside them wherever they were, and why wouldn't I? BTS is a pillar of the community and sets new standards for high quality production in Smash all the time. So if we could forge a relationship that accomplished both of our goals, then we'd both stand to win. I was doing my best to be cooperative, collaborative, and receptive to their feedback and thoughts. The response I got, unfortunately, was the exact opposite. I was met with, in the simplest terms, stonewalling by Ken. Rejection after rejection, no other ideas or possibilities brought up. Nothing I could say was possible and there were no alternatives suggested. Just Ken raising his voice at me and being mad that I would even dare to suggest half the things I did. To say the least, it was a frustrating call. But I didn't... But... But... I didn't give up and still wanted to figure out a way to work with them, even brainstorming with Nintendo about different variations of working with BTS before we had our second call. This is a screenshot of Alan DMs with Ken Chen. Ken saying, I'll have to read them and see, but sure. Alan, all right, I'll shoot it over. They're pretty basic catch-all NDAs. Hey, Ken. Okay, let me go back a bit. That first one was sent March 11th, 2022. Now, three days later, on March 14th, 2022. Hey, Ken, so I put my head together in Nintendo over the weekend, and we're trying to figure some things out that could work. But they did mention that broadcast rights here are gray area and wanted to get in touch with you while they look into it. I shot him your email. Anyone else I should send as well? Response back from Ken says, no, that's great. Happy to talk to them. Alan sends a message back. Also, please shoot me over that quote for a remote analyst desk where when you have a moment, that would be very helpful. We're figuring out different ways to possibly work with y'all. Let me know if there are other services BTS provides that we should know about as well. We'll add it to the list. And now Alan's bringing in Smashville tour statements. The statements highlighted being from their original statement. And this is from Smash World Tour. BTS had very little motivation to give up the broadcast rights for free. After BTS held firm, the CEO Panda warned that they would get Nintendo directly involved, putting broadcast rights for all tournaments in jeopardy. Back to Alan's narration. Does my conversation with Ken after our first call sound like I was threatening to have Nintendo attack them or get free broadcasting rights? Also, as you can see, I directly connected Ken to Nintendo as well. Nintendo is not a weapon I can yield, wield, excuse me. Nintendo is not a weapon I can wield. They take their own actions and are their own company. Why people would think that a multi-trillion dollar global company would jump when I snap my fingers, I have no idea. Going into the second conversation with Ken, I had some new ideas. One of my ideas required me talking to Twitch, prompting Ken to explode at me for, for suggesting I would talk to Twitch, and I had to reassure him I wouldn't do that without permission, a promise that I kept. 
Another idea I had was to enter a multi-year agreement where we'd hire BTS to be our official remote analyst desk at every single stream we did in exchange for being able to stream three events this year, but that too was rejected. Basically, I presented a handful of new ideas that were designed to give BTS additional short and long-term revenue. I was met with more stonewalling, more obtuses, more of Ken's yelling at me. Between the two calls, a legal issue was flagged by somebody else that had and currently still has significant implications for the major, sorry, significant implications for the revenue of most major events in the community. And by adamantly refusing to do anything with any other third party, not just us, in any way, shape, or form, Ken would be forcing scrutiny of this legal issue to escalate. I was desperate to make that not happen. Escalation is devastating for our entire community. I begged Ken in the middle of the second call, please, can we figure out some way of working together even a little so that we can stop that can of worms from opening? I was asking him for his help, for his cooperation. Ken's response, he yelled, let it happen. Let the can of worms open. Actively embracing the idea of legal trouble that could only end badly for the community. He was openly saying, I dare you when it wasn't in my control, which I made clear this was not in my hands. Hands. Ken was willing to jeopardize the entire Smash community with reckless abandon, and it would have happened had I not figured out how to stop the escalation without him. Given what I've seen of his character and heard about his reputation in other communities, this type of behavior from Ken was not unusual. And let me be crystal clear, I am not expanding on the legal issue because even though I'm leaving, I still don't want to hurt the Smash community. Smash doesn't deserve that. And I'm going back to chat and I'm seeing that Flashburn's getting involved a little bit. The quote was actually our quote. I confirmed the whole remote analyst test was a big deal for whatever reason. Uh, the things Panda wanted for the broadcast or something. I can surmise some of the things he was referring to. Okay. Flashburn, thank you for sticking around. I'm going to go into this new message. Redacted sending a message to Alan saying, yeah, well, Ken 100% would rather watch the world burn than give up the cash cow he has. Alan messages back, yep. Ken would essentially cause the world to burn because of what he's doing, but he'll cross that bridge later, etc." Message from Redacted saying, yep, but if that happens, it's because of Ken, not us, lol. Alan sends messages back, no, it will be because of us. Ken can easily convince events of that with no evidence of such whatsoever. Flashburn, I'll see you when you well, I'll see you when I see you. <clears throat> Back to Alan's narration. That second call was perhaps one of the most frustrating conversations I've had, where every attempt at collaboration or strategizing was met with stonewalling, refusing, or outright hostility. The only time I raised my voice, I think that may have been in the first time I've done so in a business call was in this conversation where I yelled something to the effect of why won't you work with me? I.E. working to brainstorm a collaborative strategy. I raised my voice at that time, regret doing it and own up to the fact that I did near the end of that hour and a half call. Ken finally reveals to me that they have already sold sponsorships across primarily BTS streams in 2022, which I later found out was Papa John's. 
And that's why none of the concepts I put forward worked because it may impact that sponsor deal. Despite him yelling at me and treating me incredibly poorly for the entire discussion, I actually ended the call by thanking him for his time and helping me understand his perspective better. The way he ends, you were kind of hostile. I believed I was too shocked to even retort. Also, SWT leadership claims that I threatened to shut down BTS's 2023 operations. I believe they were referring to this particular interaction in that second call that I remember distinctly because of how pedantic and bizarre it was. This is a note that I believe Alan saved for himself. So I believe this is Alan's narration and a note he entered into somewhere. Slack, I guess. Does anybody know what Slack is? <clears throat> also of note in that second call with Ken, I had come up with the idea of giving them a multi-year deal as the official analyst desk done remotely of the Panda Cup so that every single stream we do, we hire them for 40000 which I don't think he let me even tell the number. I recall we had an exchange that sounded something like this. Ken, why don't you offer your deal to events for 2023? It's stupid good. They'll all take it. Hell, even we'd consider it because it's cause so good. Just leave the, leave the events in 2022 alone. Me. We could do that, sure, but let me clarify something with you. According to you, every event we offer to do this in 2023 will sign with us, right? Ken. Right. Me. Okay. So in this hypothetical situation, if they'll all sign with us next year, then BTS would be making less revenue in 2023 and possibly 2024 if we keep this up, right? Ken, yeah, me. So if BTS took a multi-year contract as the analyst desk of the Panda Cup starting in 2022, BTS would make more money than if they streamed every event in 2022. Ken, probably, yeah, me. So why doesn't making more money work for you? Ken, because that's not what we want. Following that call with Ken, I brainstormed for days to figure out any way I could prevent escalating that legal issue and any further until I finally figured it out. Change everything we've been doing up to this point. I worked on incorporating feedback from TOs and BTS and spent two full weeks completely reorganizing the back end of the Panda Cup into version two, doing financial modeling, getting approvals, and iterating on it. This completely new system was designed for two main purposes to allow an option for events to have as much freedom as possible, which was a common thread in our early conversations with TOs, to not interfere with or harm existing relationships with BTS. And now that I figured out how to avoid harming BTS or overlapping with them in any way, I was able to successfully stop the legal issue from escalating by stepping around them. The legal issue is still there, just won't be the center of attention for a long time or ever, hopefully. Plus, the added bonus was that the new version fit even easier into the current Smash ecosystem. So I wanted to invite BTS's main stage onto the Panda Cup and to take that opportunity to apologize for the second call being so rough to give any additional clarity for my words and to show them how we, how we redesigned the Panda Cup based on their feedback in the calls. I believe I made at least four attempts to reach out to various members of BTS in order to have that discussion. I did not hear back from them. Twitter messages. 
Hey Ken, just finished figuring out some stuff on our end today and looks like main stage may be possible for the Panda Cup now. This was sent on March 31st in 2022. Let me know if you'd be interested in having a conversation about what that could look like and I'll shoot you out all the detailed documentation for you to read over. Would be great to have you all on board. And a few weeks later, this message was sent on April 14th. Hey Ken, just wanted to check back up on this. I know we'd love to work together with you guys in some capacity and the minor package was designed to hopefully allow complete freedom on your end with minimal intervention on our end, plus still helping financially for the best of both worlds. Let me know if you have any interest. Main stage being the final event on the Panda Cup this year would be really cool. Both Redacted and I feel that way, at least smiley face. Oh, that's how you know the corporate people be trying. I mean, the, I do smiley faces all the time. You get it. So this is now Twitter DMs with Mikey, a.k.a. The Cheat. Mikey says, hi, sorry about the calendar mix-up. We had a conversation with Cact today and let him know that the date swap scenario was what would work best for us, but it seems like we each believed that the other had just talked to you guys about it. LOL. Just wanted to clarify whether that was still an option for you. So that message was sent on February 9, 2022. The next message, February 10, 2022. LOL, I figured some wires got crossed. It's the most certainly an option on the table for us while we explore more potential venues. And I'll emphasize not taking the first weekend. We'll do my best. And now this is a message that Alan sent on August 23rd, 2022. Hey Mikey, long time since we last chatted, smiley face. Hope you're the right person to go about this since I've seen you super active in the community about BTS Smash events recently. We've been super hard at work with Nintendo to open things up for the Panda Cup to be as simple and seamless as possible for events to join the circuit quickly and easily without the hassle from before. Now that things are much more straightforward, we were hoping to see if BTS would be open to main stage joining the Panda Cup. Would love to have a chat to go over what that entails if you have the time. Like I said, it's a super easy process now, and I think we have ample time to help y'all promote the heck out of it. Smiley face. Follow-up message the next day. BTW, so sorry I sent this yesterday. I had no idea some voting was ending. Sweat emoji face. On September 20th, another message. Hey Mikey, amazing work with Summit last weekend. Was a great show. Just wanted to bump this up. Would love to work with y'all for this year or even next. Back to Alan's narration. Here are some screenshots of me discussing the second call with Ken with a colleague. Alan Bunny sends a message to Redacted saying, BTS concerns are any sort of deal where they aren't the mainstream is a no. I offered a multi-year third-party production deal with them even, and they straight up said no. They don't want the money. They would not sell us the rebroadcast rights because there is no way our broadcast could be made so differently as to be a different product than the BTS mainstream. They only sell re broadcast rights to streams that won't compete with theirs like alternative language or streamers like Ludwig. BTS has an overarching strategy with the Smash community that is incongruous with any strategy we put forward. There is no deal we can make with them that will make them happy unless they are the unless they are the stream for these events in 2022. They refuse to discuss hypothetical situations. 
They also don't care what happens in 2023. So that sort of summarizes what we've read so far. Back to Alan's narration. Note, though, we did end up working with BTS multiple times this year. For example, at a Panda Cup event where Panda was in charge of the broadcast, we completed their sponsored deliverables for Papa John's to ensure the sponsorship was executed correctly. The broadcast team did everything they needed for the event to get paid in full. Two beyond the summit. While my intention had no malice or ill intent in my conversation with Ken, perception is what truly matters. I will own up to that publicly, and I truly apologize to the BTS staff, except Ken, that my conversation with Ken was perceived in the manner that it was. I wish you accepted any of my multiple attempts to make peace, explain myself, or apologize, but I hope you now understand that I have not now nor ever had any intent of harming you or quote, sicking Nintendo onto you. Additionally, after we heard some wild rumors spreading from my one-on-one -on -one conversation with Ken, we did everything we could to dispel the rumors, and we internally decided to always speak with TOs in groups of three to make sure we can corroborate anything said in place in case of misconceptions or misunderstanding. Therefore, that has been our procedure for the past four to five months. However, let me also say this publicly. Along with BTS, sorry, along with Smash World Tour, BTS Beyond Summit stands to gain quite a bit by taking Panda and the Panda Cup down, especially after you lost your contract with Dota. Many major events in 2023 that are normally streaming on BTS have already confirmed to us that they'd stream on Panda's channels because the package we offered was better for them with upfront guaranteed sponsorships. A position we were pushed into by Ken's refusal to collaborate or work together from day one. BTS was standing to lose a lot of money next year from community streams, and you knew that. Plus, with Panda's sales team landing deals in every major category, you wouldn't be able to sell against events again next year because the categories will have been filled first. Don't pretend for a second like you are a casual outside observer of the whole situation. One more thing. I looked the other way when I heard Ken was trying to get TOs to turn on us. I turned the other cheek when I found out BTS was threatening to pull Papa John sponsorships that, from events that worked with us. A Papa John sponsorship, which, by the way, Nintendo never had any issues with. And despite all of that, I was still trying to work with you, extending Olive Branch after Olive Branch, and for what? For BTS's current leadership, who again, I have never met or spoken to, publicly condemning me and speaking in terms like they were personally involved, you could have had a single civilized adult conversation with me. And Ken, even though he's no longer with BTS, he's still trying to poison the well from afar. I've been told he tweeted that Panda's NDAs are about real estate and don't provide any protection. Turns out after double checking specifically Ken's NDA with multiple lawyers, he just didn't read past the first line. The NDA is standard perfectly normal and legally sound. Ken has been encouraging people to violate a solid NDA without harming himself in any way. Encouraging people to break NDA is irresponsible and reckless. This is a message sent from Redacted to Alan. It is a generally over-road NDA that deals with real property as well as IP and other intangible property the definition of what confidential information includes is 
Confidential information specifically includes any information labeled as confidential or otherwise placed in a file, share, and or data room controlled and maintained by disclosing party or disclosing party's agents and to which receiving party is granted access. Confidential information further includes without limitations, corporate, organizational, and governance documents, professional service, employment, vendor, independent contractor, and other contracts, taxes and tax information, rental histories, owner and or prior tenants, rates and agreements, identity of referral sources, computer programs and files, devices, methods, techniques, protocols, policies, procedures, job descriptions, know-how, research and development, business data, includes cost data and profit and loss data, strategies, methods, prospects, plans and opportunities, past and present employee, contractor, customer, vendor and vendor lists, marketing and or development plans, specifications, financial information, environmental assets and or reports, studies and or analysis, site plans, surveys, title reports, intellectual property, products and services owned or provided by disclosing party, information concerning this nature, mode, methods, processes, and aspects of the services disclosing party provides, context information, identities, communications that are of a confidential, private, or proprietary nature, including corresponds with owners, attorneys, accountants, agents, suppliers, manufacturers, developers, contractors, sales representatives, governmental agencies, and departments, and any other information, tangible or intangible, provided by disclosing party to receiving party in contemplation of the business relationship. Back to Alan's narration. Ken has been both publicly and privately turning people against Panda for months. This is a tweet from Ken Chen's Twitter, at hot underscore bed, you get it. Is it crazy to think that the official competition for a game should not be run through a team org, let alone one that is actually competing in the event itself? Any TO with actual tournament or organizational experience is a better option. Follow up to that tweet, Ken says, regardless of whether there's actual bias, a team org should not have control over the schedule, format, funding, seating, etc. of their own players in the biggest events of the year. No pro league or circuit that cares about competitive integrity in anything can justify this. Back to Alan's narration. I truly believe the people and staff at BTS are not malicious and all of their misconceptions stem from Ken. In fact, I feel like a large number of misconceptions even beyond BTS are about my or Panda's intentions are due to Ken. Nobody I've ever met at BTS has misinterpreted my words or have been anything but professional and kind except Ken. So I am not looking to condemn their staff members whatsoever. TO strong arming in the first three weeks. More than any other time period of the Panda Cup, I'm sure that this is when any misunderstandings could have arisen. When we first got the green light in March 2022 to begin preparation to launch the Panda Cup, when Omicron led up, I was beyond excited to finally talk about something I'd been working on for four years. The same day we got approval, I set meetings with the first few TOs thinking they would see me and Panda as a collaborative partner and as an ally of the community. 
as a cooperator looking out for their best interest. I thought our track record spoke for itself. This was not the case. TOs by nature are a careful bunch, and many of them have been burdened by others before, so it turns out they're constantly looking behind themselves for an ambush even when there isn't one coming. Things were moving fast behind the scenes. I was new to TO negotiations. It's a specific skill set unique from any other, I found out. And I was overly excited to get things going. I know my intent was always to be honest and truthful, but with things changing so quickly, my passion overflowing, I may have given the wrong impression to a handful in those early talks. For example, I heard at one point that when I made changes to my pitch based on feedback given to my, me by TO1, then talked to TO2, TO1 found out that and felt that I had lied to them because I didn't have time yet to update them on the changes I made for them. After those first three weeks, I slowed down with the help of some of our staff members and I started figuring out how to approach TOs in a more clear and concise manner that I hope made it way harder to have any misunderstandings or miscommunications. Due to the fluctuant nature of things back then, I promised these early TOs that I would back up my commitments with my personal finances so that even if things didn't pan out the way I said they would, I would do right by them. I've even said the same thing to our internal teams and I've put my own personal funds into our, our hardware division on multiple occasions this year alone to keep the lights on. I did everything I could to reassure the TOs that I am looking out for their best interests. There's no ambush behind them. That panda is for real. I didn't receive any feedbacks from TOs directly or to my staff at the time that I did or said things that made them uncomfortable. In fact, the feedback that I received was glowingly positive, so I figured everything was going well. For every single discussion with TOs for 2023, I had two other team members along with me to listen and help me, even sending me messages mid-meeting to make sure I clarify things so there's no confusion. I went back and asked those team members again over the last few days, and they reiterated to me that they never once heard me say anything that could be misconstrued as threats or strong-arming. In conversations for 2023, not a single TO we reached out to said they would not want to talk or listen to us. In fact, our early negotiations, our own, our early negotiations only two out of 14 events we spoke to declined in joining us after the initial pitch. Every TO we've talked with has been polite and straightforward. To the TOs, if I did do something that you, if I did do something to you where I seem to be mean, threatening, strong-arming, or otherwise seemingly out to hurt your event, I implore you to please let me know by email since I'm not using Twitter anymore what I said or did to make you feel that way. I want to know how I screwed up so I can never do that again in whatever I explore after this. I do not understand how I could have caused that impression when I tried my best to be professional, honest, and straightforward in my interactions with each of you, each one of you, and had no indication from any of our interactions that this was the case. I truly believe that if there are TOs out there that do feel this way, that it's a misunderstanding. And I hope, even though I'm no longer involved with Panda, that I can at least clarify those interactions for you to clear my own conscience. So how do I prove I didn't strong arm or threaten events that didn't want to join us? Well, here is a dump of screenshots to show you examples of my interactions with TOs that declined joining the Panda Cup this year and some that accepted so you can have a perspective of my conduct and communications. I'm including these to show you that I've been active in correcting possible miscommunication long before any of this was made publicly available. That is a small screen.
Great news, says Alan to she, the TO Shine. After yesterday's conversation between Nintendo and BTS, BTS has confirmed they're okay with events being streamed on Nintendo channel if you as the event owner choose to go that route. Super excited that we found a way to work together here. And if you choose not to opt in this year, that's okay. I'd love to know if we were missing anything crucial or if there's anything we can enhance for next year to further support your event's future considered continued success. Looking forward to hearing back. And now this is a Twitter DM to Aaron, the TO of Riptide. Hey Aaron, appreciate you getting back to me. There may have been a miscommunication about timing because last I recalled, I had mentioned about our time constraints and you had agreed to let me know your possible interest in continuing the conversation within one week time frame. I wasn't aware that you intended to wait to wait after LTC until the message you mentioned that. Regardless, I hope LTC went well for you. I highly, I would highly encourage you if you have any questions in the future to reach out to me directly and not rely on murmurs or take anything as fact unless it's from me as well. Redacted only has everyone's best interest in mind. As you noted, things can shift a lot and fast. Good luck with the Riptide, Aaron. I know y'all will kill it and have no doubt it will be a great event. That was sent on May 12th, 2022. And on May 15th, 2022, Aaron says, my apologies if there was a miscommunication from my end. Given how hectic that time was, it is hard for me to remember clearly everything that was said. I will be sure to reach out to you directly in the future when I have questions or need clarification. Thanks for the good luck. Same to you. Take care. Comment from Flashburn aside. That how is really indicative that he's either really insistent that he didn't act aggressively or threatening or truly just has no idea how his actions read. This is a whole message thread to RJ, the TO of Collision. Buckle up. This is going to, whoa, I'm supposed to read that? How does one read? Oh, that doesn't help. There's a minus and a pluses. Jeez, that is small. That is very difficult to read. Okay, I have to be honest. I can't, I cannot read that. But let's go ahead and assume more of the same, plus a lot of this is redacted. Okay. Okay, this is probably more relevant. Sheridan and Bobak, the TOs of Genesis. I think most of you are interested in this specific thing. So this is an email from Alan to Bobak and Sheridan. Hey, Sheridan and Bobak. Truly appreciate your patience, feedback, and cooperation as we built our initial packages for events. Thanks to your help, we figured out two packages of support that we'll be offering events with one designed for minimal intervention. The minor package that BTS accepted last week allows events to keep their own broadcast, run a show, sponsors, and otherwise while still taking part of the Panda Cup circuit. With Genesis around the corner, we revisited our plan and decided it's best for us to not rush into anything. We only have one shot at a first impression with the community after all, and we want to make them proud. So we'd like to revisit this discussion for 2023 when things calm down for you both after you put on a great event as usual. I've attached a deck and extended document with details here for your perusal. We welcome any feedback or thoughts that you have, but I know you guys are slammed right now, so I don't feel like it's necessary. Hopefully when we start chatting about 2023 sometime soon, the packages will be even more robust. Good luck to you too. 
If you have time in Genesis, if you have time in Genesis, I'll swing by to say hi. And then a few hours later, quick follow up. Sorry about pinging you all again. Looks like there's some wires crossed about a communication and redacted clarify that BTS is open to the minor package and redacted, but they're still working through the details together. Don't want to misconstrue their current position. Sorry about that. Back to Alan's narration. Here's another email I sent to a Reptod TO who politely declined to join us this year. Note the line where I say, and if you choose not to opt in this year, that's okay. I'd love to know if we were missing anything crucial or if there's anything we can enhance for next year to further support your events, future and continued success. Okay, well, that's the whole message then, isn't it? I mean, not exactly, but you get it. Back to Alan's narration. Here is an internal message I sent to my staff members who equals events, where I reassured them that it's fine if events don't want to join us because we can't sweeten the deal enough for them, the carrots. So Alan's saying here to an internal team member, who wants to come along with us is their choice. At this point, there's literally no other carrots we can use. If they don't want in, they don't want in. Back to Alan's narration. Yeah, I wondered that as well, Flashburn. You're saying a Riptide TO. If it's not Aaron, then who was it? Not sure. Based off the email, obviously, it's difficult to say. The names are redacted. Back to Alan's narration. Also, SWT leadership claims that I was trying to monopolize licensed agreements. Easily disproved. There are at least four Nintendo licensed tournaments that did not go through us to obtain the license agreements this year and were not on the Panda Cup. Genesis, Low Tide City, Shine, and Riptide. The TOs told us about their licensing themselves. In fact, Genesis has been licensed for every one of their events since Genesis 3 in 2016. One more claim to disprove that I prevented TOs from contacting Nintendo. Here's an email of me connecting two TOs directly to Nintendo. Both of these events ended up going on to get license agreements, but were not on the Panda Cup in 2022. That is a good note there, Flashburn. You are Midwest forever. And it would be interesting to hear what Aaron and other people mentioned in this statement will have to say in the coming days. Who else would Alan communicate to regarding Riptide? The email, by the way, mm. oh, on the TM, we have the esteemed owners and operators of Low Tide City and Riptide, Aaron and Trey. Is Trey the person, maybe? On the Nintendo end, we have an awesome competitive play team of redacted side to get the ball rolling, hopefully work together in the future. We'll let you take it all from here. So, yes, that's Alan introducing Alan, or Aaron and Trey. Alan is introducing Aaron and Trey to <clears throat> a contact at Nintendo. Back to Alan's statement, or narration, excuse me. Here's another email I sent to Nintendo regarding the status of events in our pre-launch negotiations. The claim that I had to threaten events to join doesn't make sense when we ended up doing far better than anticipated in our first year. And also shows that there was never any request made of Nintendo to take down events that said no, they were on board with what events joined or did not join. 
from Alan Bunny to Redacted. Hey, Redacted. This week we'll be making the tremendous progress for finalizing the schedule. At the end of the day, we are creating something for the first time with a healthy amount of distrust from the community leadership and unfortunately not enough solid answers for them to jump in. But I'm preaching to the choir right now and a post-mortem analysis can wait. All we can do at the moment is keep building something they want to be a part of because it's that awesome. That said, I think the circuit is actually looking better than you may think. There is the CEO event, Gommel, Shine, Riptide, Lost Tech City, The Big House, Let's Make Moves Miami, Poor Priority 7, DreamHack Atlanta, Main Stage, Panda Cup Winter Finale. And each one of them has details. Onto the rest of the email statement that Alan has sent on April 14th, 2022. Of the events that are written in this time frame we agreed on, only two of the 10 have declined and two are likely to sign in the next couple of days. One is still thinking, one is pending approvals, and three have signed on already. I think it's close to the best case scenario. Recall that we are only targeting four, five events originally and already have three on board, and we'll at least have five by the end of the week, barring any new curveballs. This doesn't include... PAX West Arcadian International concept either. The only awkwardness that may occur here is if Riptide declines because then that will create a large hole with no open major offline events between early July and early October. But I think we can try to get creative with if that were to happen. Regardless, if we can get CEO, Gommel, Riptide, Lost Tech, The Big House, Les McMoves, and Dream Out Atlanta, I think we are in fantastic shape for year one. I will get back to work on deliverables you asked for early next week, fingers crossed, before Monday sync, if that's okay with you. And feel free to tell me if you think my read is wrong here. I'm feeling pretty good about our current position. Must be direct communication with Nintendo. Back to Alan's narration. One final point towards a lack of motive to threaten events. The offer we gave most events was really good. They saved tons of money for infrastructure, had their broadcasts upgraded, casters paid for, sponsors bought, brought on, etc. Off the top of my head, we spent over $90,000 supporting one event and 50000 on another. We sent staff to help them with setup and teardown, film interviews with their attendees, and put a face on the, to the event and much more. There were some bumps along the way while we figured out our footing, hence why the deal was so good but they were minor and executed well. There's no reason to threaten someone to take a deal like that. It just doesn't make sense. In my talks with TOs, I've reiterated many, many times to them that Panda does not want the full pie. We want 10% of a much, much bigger pie, where we all end up with more pie than otherwise. Everyone gets to eat more, and that's what Panda is all about. I've said this in more conversations than I can count. I will maintain again that I did not strong arm, threaten, or otherwise try to pressure events to join us, and that any perception otherwise is a misunderstanding that I would love to have the chance to clarify with the involved parties. Flashburn says we ended up doing far better than anticipated first year. This is definitely not the sentiment I got about how they felt about how many slash the quality of tournaments on the circuit. Hmm. when you're communicating with your handler at nintendo you want to present the best image so i would guess that's why that email sounded particularly optimistic noting very carefully to say the ball is rolling we're doing better than we thought even if internally 
I mean, that message, sorry, that email was sent to that Nintendo representative on April 14th, which as I recall, to scroll up here, oh boy. When was the exact communication with Ken? It seemed like it was in March. March, yeah, okay, so there you go. That was already after the apparently awful conversations. They really tried to get Genesis. Totally makes sense. Genesis is the biggest event of the year. So it is interesting. And it made sense from Alan's perspective and from Panda's perspective. If Genesis is already going to be a licensed event, why not bring them onto the, onto the Panda Cup? So it makes sense that they would really want Genesis because that is the biggest event of the year. Back to Alan's narration. This is the Nintendo section. <clears throat> a big question we got all the time is, what is Nintendo providing that makes this partnership worth it? Nintendo supports events in different ways, every way about helping them to save money and become more stable. Commentary support, setups, production at times, staffing, shipping, etc. I've seen Nintendo spend more money on the Smash community to help save events money this year than any other organization in the world outside of the Panda Cup. Every penny they spend is towards the community. They can't help every event, but they truly tried their best to help prop them up. Anyone who thinks Nintendo only gave their blessing or gave us a license and a thumbs up has no idea how much they've done behind the scenes. Working with Nintendo is challenging. They have high standards for their partnerships and care deeply about how their IPs are used. There's a lot of red tape to navigate, even for people used to red tape. The design of the Panda Cup was to help simplify that process and made it much easier for events to obtain licenses with or without Panda within a reasonable time frame. Every single competitive video game in the world that is the size of Smash has publisher regulations in order to do major commercial activity, and that's a fact. Smash just never really had meaningful major commercial activity in it, and that's part of the problem, because if Smash never has that major commercial activity, then it'll never be able to sustain full-time careers for more than a handful of people. The community would continue to see the most passionate and the most talented people leave to pursue jobs where they can actually raise a family or make a long-term career. But the worry is that if Smash had publisher regulations and commercial licensing without proper community oversight, then we risk losing the identity of the Smash community, which wouldn't be worth it in the end. So this became the cornerstone of the Panda Cup. We'd take the red tape, the corporate limitations, the months and years of approvals, in exchange for the rest of the community having freedom, keeping their identity while, also, while being able to do major commercial activity, helping to take events from barely breaking even to profitable so they can support the dedicated people who make them a reality and that careers would begin to pop up throughout the community. We didn't want the whole pie and never have. So how much did Nintendo pay Panda Cup to do this? Oh, good call, Aiden. Sorry. I, that obviously is not what Alan said, the part about Aiden. <laughs> Aiden said this without knowing. He said, I doubt very much that Nintendo gave Panda any money to start up the circuit. And Alan's statement, how much did Nintendo pay directly to Panda to do all of this? Zero dollars. 
How much did Panda pay Nintendo? Zero dollars. They supported Panda on the back end, are partners with Panda, and help facilitate the Panda Cup. Despite popular belief that they'd get in the way, they never once said no to a sponsorship opportunity for the Panda Cup. Within five months, the Cup signed more than $2 million in sponsorships and counting. Every single sponsor said they wouldn't have come in if Nintendo wasn't supporting us in the way they were doing. This is year zero. Panda Cup spent all that money on the Panda Cup and Panda Cup Finale event. The finale was going to go big. Panda paid for the LACC and Novo without outside support because we thought the Smash community needed to see what Panda could do for them when things actually worked out. The finale had hundreds of setups, arcade games, a carnival second section, Gasha machines, and crane games, completely free to enter. A finale that Panda had to postpone because of death threats to our staff and even contractors, player boycotts, and dropouts, all thanks to the lives from BTS and the SWT leadership team. People have been questioning the value of everything we've done this year, so here it is. I've laid it out all for you. Conclusion. I've been part of the Smash community since 2007. I've served as a volunteer moderator for the original boards, a backroom member helping discuss rule set, a TO, a commentator, an event organizer, a community leader, and many other roles over the years. Even when I supposedly retired from Smash when I went to graduate school, I found myself returning after I finished, going to my local tournament straight out of work, still in my work clothes. The foundation of Panda was for the goal of helping those around us, treating people fairly, and growing the community that I've been proud to be a part of for so many years. Over the last nine years, I've worked incredibly hard to make a company with the goal of creating career opportunities in the space where there were none and before, to allow people to go full-time to support Smash and fighting games, to pour their passions into a sustainable, long-term effort. I made sure that any success that Panda had seen, any investment we've ever received, and every time we've done something great, the end result was the same. Put all of it back into the community. I remember reading a funny tweet once that said the esports industry is a losing racket and only respect-worthy people are the ones that take VC money and give it to their homies. I laugh mostly because it made me realize I built a company that never took VC money yet still poured millions of dollars into the homies and was sustainable. Supporting everyone that worked incredibly hard and I will always be grateful to have called my team and my... Um, supporting everyone that worked incredibly hard that I will always be grateful to have called my team and my friends. I'm very proud of that. But now the mob mentality has dragged me down to the point that even my closest friends can't defend me publicly without backlash. If you skip to the end, please don't, but since you are here. 1. I'm no longer the CEO of Panda, thanks to lies, falsehood, and bandwagon character attacks. My life and the lives of my family are at risk. My team was harassed to the point of resigning, many in tears, and they may never have a chance to pursue a full-time career in Smash again. SWT leaders, sorry, <clears throat> point number two. SWT leadership organized and coordinated a lie about the circumstances surrounding their status of license agreement, making up a villain to blame it all on and come out as the heroes on top. Past and present BTS leadership chose to corroborate it publicly for unknown reasons, but definitely benefit from it as well. Three, a former BTS leader took every opportunity to stonewall and obfuscate any efforts to come to an agreement going so far as to dare legal action, not by Panda or me, that would harm the community, on top of even threatening to revoke sponsorships from events that considered working with the Panda Cup. In spite of all this, I 
still tried to make every effort to work with BTS. 4. The goal of the Panda Cup was always about growing the entire Smash community and was never about my personal aspirations. Our model always shared revenue with everyone even outside of Panda, including events, casters, players, production, staffing, and more. That's a good uh, statement there, Flashburn, where you say sustainable is arguable. It's largely based off the fact that they lucked out with their roster of talent. Their players and personalities definitely carry. Smash has those kind of amazing people in it, for sure. And it's unfortunate that some of them or all of them are in the wind right now. Back to Alan's narration. 98% of the staff of Panda were people from the Smash and fighting game communities, a monolith of our scenes that truly and honestly had the best interest of the community at heart. Born from grassroots, yet professional and elevated in output, and that very same community tore it down in a matter of days. This cannot be who the Smash community becomes. Regardless of what my statement says, I do not want the same thing to happen to VTS, VGBC, or to anyone. Please do not harass any groups, do not dox anyone, and do not attack whomever you perceive to be the villain of the hour. Smash has to change. Smash has to be better than this. I've given almost nine years of my life to serving this community. I've dedicated thousands of hours, worked every weekend, put aside starting a family, and stepped away from a successful career that took 10 years to achieve. I think my longest real vacation in nine years was one week. And over those nine years of Panda, I have never paid myself or taken a dime just to make Smash into a stable, growing community and tier one esport. I truly believed in it. Money isn't why I did this. I started Panda to become a CEO and became a CEO for only one reason. Give players careers in a field they're truly passionate about. And I'm proud to say I did that. But now I'm the villain. The greedy corporate pig that wants to line his own pockets. The enemy of the community that I've sacrificed some of the best years of my life for. I'm so evil now that people are attacking my very home. I was able to create dozens of full-time jobs in one of the smallest niches of competitive gaming, an accomplishment only Panda has achieved in that scale, and despite that, I spent the weekend telling my friends and family to call the police to increase patrols at their homes. All over lies, false character attacks, and concerted harassment campaigns started from the people who directly profit by destroying the careers of over 100 people from their own community. This community was my life. Its success is all I've ever wanted. I can sleep soundly at night knowing that I spent the last years, last nine years doing everything in my power to help not hurt those around me. But I cannot stand by while bad faith actors continue to poison the well and celebrate the destruction of what the Panda team has worked on for years. If I can't do it, I trust the people after me to do it. The incredible members of Panda and the greater Smash community who love this more than life itself. The future is in your hands. Keep going. That is the end of Alan's statement. And going back to Flashburn and chat, shared revenue with everyone, including production. I'm very curious as to what he means by this. Yes. Uh, there's, re there's receipts in this document, but I don't, I don't know if we're getting enough receipt well no i know we're not getting enough receipts 
another comment by Flashburn in chat. Credit is credit where credit is due. He definitely got people jobs in esports. Yes, that's very true. The crazy thing. The crazy thing is that's is that there's there's a uh, there's so much doxing or legitimate harassment going in the direction of Panda associated people and Alan more than anyone because that is not the correct way to respond to the news that have come out in this past week and that's something that we need to just say right off the bat not okay (laughs) not okay to be doxing or to do death threats for people to feel as if even in their own homes they're in legitimate danger it is unlike the community to do that what have we always said to be as welcoming and safe of a community as possible for everyone involved and even in in a, in a time like this this is not the correct way to respond i know that that's a minority of people who responded to the statements allegations that SWT, Nintendo, Panda, and now Alan have said, but I have a couple of thoughts, macro thoughts. I didn't really ever assume that Alan got involved with Smash post-medical school specifically to one day tear it down. That would have been a little bit of a fetch, far-fetched for anybody. But I thought it's sort of the invitation to do something more, to, to grow what you already have. And that gets everybody and anybody in the scene excited. Oh, I can do more and earn more, or at the very least, create more hype, create more awesomeness for Smash. Well, let me go ahead and do that. We all want to do that. If somebody approached me and said, I'll give you a million dollars to do this, this, and this within Smash, of course I would go, oh yeah, sure, absolutely. Even though Nintendo didn't actually give, (laughs) Nintendo did not give Panda any money to get this whole thing off the ground. That, That is so insane. I know that the licensing for a circuit for a North American circuit is worth its weight in gold, but that's still crazy to me that they didn't want to help financially by saying, here's a million dollars to get the ball rolling because getting the ball rolling on anything is so hard. Believe me as the director, producer, content creator, talent host of this here podcast, social media manager, gosh, I'm I'm not here to make money off of people in in Smash. I'm here to lend my voice. I want to talk about Smash, and I want to talk about Smash with people who also like talking about Smash, so that's why I'm here, right? But if somebody came to me and said, I can give you more opportunities than you could imagine, I can give that to you, of course, I would be excited to do it. So then what is the expectation of that person who's giving you those opportunities. So if Nintendo 
comes up to me and says, <laughs> oh gosh, if Nintendo comes up to me and says, I want you to be the producer. Let me go to the JJAT screen. There we go. If Nintendo came to me and said, we want to make you the producer or the host or the whatever of our official podcast. By the way, does Nintendo have official podcasts? That's a good question. If they said that to me, I would go, well, hell, yes. But I have many, many contingent type things. I have, I have requirements. I have things that I want to be fulfilled in order for that to happen. Uh, so the thing is, is that we all, to some degree, if we were given the opportunity to make things better in smash, we would, we would jump at, jump at it. And who better than Panda or SWT or BTS to work with Nintendo and get things rolling. But the thing is, is that every single time Nintendo gets involved and it doesn't matter how they get involved to to Alan and other people's points on Twitter, it's like Blur, Gimmer were some of the people behind the shutting down of PM and it was to make something happen with Nintendo in a circuit. Our own community has been responsible for for its downfall in some ways, but in a lot of other ways, Nintendo is to blame because when they get involved these sort of things happen. We lose not one, but two circuits. Smash World Tour is gone. Panda Cup is gone. That's what makes this real, all really unfortunate. People working in their best interest and trying to collaborate, but with so much pride on the line. It's not just money. With so much pride on the line, miscommunications can stem from the smallest of statements, the most harmless of statements. Oh, the oven's still on. And that's what gets you to what it is right now, how awful this situation is. Because again, it seems like my suspicions were confirmed that Alan was trying to act what he thought was the best interest of the scene. And this is what happened. It didn't work out. (sighs) Another macro thought on the entire statement. It was a lot, but I don't know how much of it was necessary. I have to be honest. The 31 pages, 32 minutes of reading... I think that you are allowed to say as much as you like, but this is definitely a bloated document. I'm not going to say that it's like an assignment where you have to make it 10 pages and you're trying to take two pages of ideas and stretch it to 10. It's not that bad, but I, I think that the length of the Smash World Tour thing might have been good where you're still including the screenshots, so that is extra reading. But if you, you, know, you want to c- include your screenshots, your receipts, your evidence. But if you go for the word count, 
plus the images of what the Smash World Tour did with their initial statement about shutting down their their finale event. I think that would be much better. I, I'll, I'll tell you this now. Half of the community isn't even going to read this. They might read the first couple of paragraphs, skip to the bottom, but boy, or gosh, they're, they're not going to read all this. Ooh, there's a listen button. What does it sound like? My statement. I am no longer CEO of Panda. I will no longer be part of the Smash community. I do not wish to return. The community deserves the truth and I'm not afraid to call out the names I have too. That's not bad for... Is this medium? Yeah, medium. They've, uh, they've gone into that. What did they do for the pictures though? You know what? They probably don't even do the pictures. I bet you that's why... I bet you that's why Alan did some text underneath the images so that the read thing could include that. Okay. Maybe I should have let the the reading person do the reading. <sighs> it's going to be hard for me to break this down when I talk to Hada about it in a couple of days. I've also just had a lot on my mind. For those of you who didn't see, lost my job downsizing. So I lost my job, was laid off. So I have a lot of things on my mind. And obviously I wanted to react to this right away. This is really, really tough. For those of you who are still here, thank you for listening this far. We turned a 32-minute read into, what's it, what's it? one hour and 41 minutes. We really took the time to read through this and try to understand it as much as possible. And, uh, and honestly, like I said, if half the community reads this, that'll be a win. Because the other half are just going to listen to the 240 character tweets about it. And it is what it is. I want to see statements from Ken, Chen, aka Hotbit. I want to see statements from Mikey. I want to see statements from the TOs that have been mentioned specifically in this. People like Justin, Apostle, and Gamer. In fact, I would really like to have some kind of statement from Gamer and Apostle in general because they haven't spoken as individuals since this whole thing came out, to my knowledge. So <clears throat> I need more statements. And I don't know if we're going to get any more from Alan because I think part of the whole bloated nature of this is to basically be like, Every detail is being included, even if I feel as if some things were left off the table. And I think people will agree with that and say that. Looking forward to, again, more people reacting to this who have more inside knowledge than I do, because I, I don't, as a whole, I don't have a lot of inside knowledge. So I'm looking forward to seeing and hearing everybody else's takes on this. It's, it's going to be so challenging to get past this and to build trust with each other because I think the TOs now more than ever are going to be very distrusting of opportunities because there's more and more mounting evidence. Alan already acknowledges that a lot of TOs are suspicious by nature. <laughs> Something bunch. <laughs> that made me want to laugh out loud when I first read it. I had to really work on not laughing. What was it? What was it? What was it? Strong arming. Where's strong arming? I don't want to do control F. 
but I will if I have to. Okay, here we go, here we go. Tios by nature are a careful bunch. <laughs> it's like you're narrating a documentary about, um, about squirrels. Squirrels are a interesting bunch. Ooh. Okay. Well, that about wraps up the stream. I think, I think I should stop it here because I've already been talking about this for a while. This will be an interesting podcast for people to listen to. Any feedback is appreciated. Not normally by myself. Most of the time I podcast with other people. But it's cool to do it by myself every once in a while, especially because since because let's go to the melee stats. Let's go to patron content channel. Nobody in the past two hours has responded to my 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 request to go into the thing with me, to go bravely into that dark, dark night. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <sighs> yes indeed, Anaconda. Yes indeed. So Closing thoughts. Jeez. Long live Melee. Save Smash. I really want to see more statements, but it's 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 not up to me. We'll have to see what the rest of the reactions are. Go on Twitter and look all this stuff up yourself if you want to, by the way. If you want to hear my reactions to people's tweets, I'm not doing it. So... If you want to continue to see the growth and success of Smash as a community, first and foremost, support your locals, support each other, love each other. And if you want to increase the esports side of it, <laughs> you had better record your phone calls <laughs> or just have it in writing afterwards. I don't know. Really, really tricky stuff. But... The Smash community will get what it wants because Alan is leaving in full. Alan is selling, divesting, however you want to phrase it, is getting out of Panda completely. So whatever is left of Panda, it's it's going to be very little. And in my mind, since Alan admitted several times to either diverting his own personal resources, his own income from doctoring or otherwise, diverting his own income back into the company even though he also insisted it was very successful. I, if you're diverting your own resources, your own financial money resources to keep a company going, how viable is it? Anyway, it doesn't seem like it's going to succeed in the long term. Watching one of the formerly well-received orgs die a year-long painful death is going to be really tough, but... I think that we only can move forward if we continue to say we have to lift each other up. Did not get a lot of lifting each other up vibes from Smash World Tour statement, not from Alan's statement, and definitely not from Nintendo's statement. So we have to lift each other up. If you... Ha and the people around you lift each other up, then you're doing even better than if you were only lifting yourself up. So remember that. Thank you all for listening. Talk to you later. See you next time.